Hello and welcome to Contemplations and today we are looking at what we have discovered in the past year or so in space exploration in specific reference to the James Webb Space Telescope which is probably in my opinion one of the best things humanity has ever done ever and is just something that is um, unquestionably good and you, you know you, you see these people just like saying oh I can't believe they're wasting all of those billions on, on space exploration. No, it's actually a great thing. Um, they, they say, oh, it should be spent on Earth curing the homeless, but the homeless are not... Uh, in fact, let's not go there, shall well, we? Well, in actuality, it would be spent on single mums and missiles, wouldn't it? So Probably, yeah. yes. But um, this is something that is going to be unapologetically good, mm. and it's going to lift your spirits if you've been following politics for a long time. And um, it's worth mentioning as well that um, we have covered this before, me and Bo, um, we've um, covered this was July of 2022 um, this was all about the James Webb and we're going to be basically building upon that and uh, talking about the new things that it's discovered and Dan cool. has also joined us hello and, people um, Dan is here because you are interested in it and well it's a jolly interesting subject yes I'm glad you and, appreciate and I, I, it I liked your first one because there was a there was a James Webb uh, documentary on Netflix which I tried to watch because I thought for, for, for the reasons you just outlined, it's an un unambiguous good, so it's going to be an interesting documentary. They managed to make it about diversity somehow. <laughs> and I, I watched about 15 minutes, like, no, have to turn it off. And then I found that, I mentioned that in the office, and you said that you don't, and you did a, gr and your first one was great. Thank you very much. So, so I, I'm happy to be a part of the, the, the second. Mm -hmm. So yes. let's get straight into it, I suppose. And here we have the first image, which... Um, the perceptive of you will be able to tell that is Jupiter, but it, it looks slightly different to how we've seen it before. So this is the James Webb NIR cam. Uh, this is a composite image, and this has used three different filters. I think they're, they're using different color filters here. Um, I'm going to read a little bit from NASA themselves and what they said. They said, in this standalone view of Jupiter, created from a composite of several images from Webb, um, auroras extend to high altitudes above both the northern and southern poles of Jupiter. So I think that's really interesting that what we're seeing here um, are the, the auroras on the poles of another planet, which is, is kind of quite impressive. Jupiter really. has a high spin, extremely high. Um, I mean, all of that is basically storm. The whole thing it is, is yeah. storm front. Mm -hmm. So yes, um, obviously that little dot there is the, the the great big storm that's localized in that area and has been it's, going it's about for... 400 years old that storm mm -hmm. and it's got it's got probably another couple of hundred years in it but you think of that as the iconic image and whenever if you watch um sci-fi movies set hundreds of years in the future whenever they do jupiter they've always got the spot in it but actually it's quite unlikely that spot will still be there in you know whatever it is 500 600 years yeah, absolutely. So it carries on to say, um, the auroras shine in a um, filter that is mapped to redder colours, which also um, highlights light reflected from lower clouds and upper hazes. A different filter mapped to yellows and greens shows hazes swirling around the northern and southern poles, and a third filter mapped to blues showcases light that is reflected from a deeper main cloud. So the reason that they've got all of these filters is that um, you know the visible light spectrum doesn't reveal everything about the nature of the surface of the planet. And of course, we've never been to the surface of the planet because uh, it's very far away and it's dangerous. And so this is one of the best ways we're, we're going to uh, 
That is a remarkable. Okay. I mean, Ju- Jupiter is one that you can see with a sort of a backyard telescope. So I've got, I've got a little telescope, and a couple of years ago, Jupiter was a, quite a close spot. And it's surprising how good an image you can get just with a normal telescope. Um, e- even some of the, the three major moons of of Jupiter, you can see them as well. Um, but it's, I mean, it's striking to see it with with your own eye. But I mean, this image is is something else. Mm-hmm. So that um, big storm that we pointed out is called the Great Red Spot, and because they've applied colour filters over it, you can't really see the colour of it in quite the same way, but it does tease out a lot of the detail of of certain things that you would otherwise miss. But supposedly that storm is big enough to swallow up the entirety of planet Earth. About four of them, I think, yeah. And, mm. and you can see the the, the, the path it's, it's carving through the upper atmosphere there. You can see the sort of trajectory on it's rolling into that band ahead of it and sort of leaving that, that contrail behind it. Mm. Have you got anything to say, Bo? Well, it's just remarkable, isn't it? Yeah. It's just breathtaking, right? There's, there's, there's not much to add other than that it's just incredible. I wrote an article a long time ago. Oh, actually, just just after the James Webb launched. And I think I called it something like the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. Um, just singing the praises of the James Webb Space Telescope, the greatest instrument ever created, the greatest objects humanity has ever mm. fashioned. <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, that's just, that's just incredible, isn't it? Jupiter is um, it's fascinating for all sorts of reasons, isn't it? Like you say, how fast it spins, mm. how massive it is. It seems to have acted as some sort of shield over the eons for earth lots mm. of things that would have come into the well, you can see those, atmosphere you can see those animations of, of it going around the solar system and then you can see all the loose the big the big rock particles so basically things that might smash into earth if if it weren't for this and you can see that basically jupiter goes around and basically pulls them out every time it goes around mm. so it sort of creates this sort of protective barrier it's like a presidential bodyguard isn't it it's taking yes. all the uh, <laughs> yeah, bullets like for that. us yeah so thank you, Jupiter, for uh, all the work you do, for, for keeping us alive. And um, I'm going to do a sort of quick fire of just the nice, pretty images that I'm going to explain. And I'm going to um, go through and do a bit more detailed analysis on some of the sort of very important discoveries from a, a scientific point of view. Things like, you know, finding life outside of planet Earth and mm. all of that sort of interesting stuff, because this is sort of well under the way and also things that have implications for us to start moving out into the cosmos and potentially colonising other planets and understanding atmospheres and things like that, which I think is quite important. So this next one is uh, what's right behind me, um, and it is the M51 um, system, also known as NGC 5194. So I'm going to read what NASA have to say about it. They say, uh, seen here by um, Webb's Mid-Infrared Instrument, or MIRI, um, is the Galaxy M51, um, also known as NGC 5194. Um, The gravity of its neighbour, the dwarf galaxy NGC 5195, is thought to be partially responsible for those prominent and distinct spiral arms, while um, MIRI brings out the web-like structures of the dust in the galaxy um, near CAM, which is another one of the instruments on the James Webb telescope, focuses more on ionised gas from newly formed star clusters. So what we actually see here, all of that sort of orangey, browny colour, I suppose, um, this is the material that would end up going to forming so a this star. So this is a very young galaxy, is it? Um, is, is yet to go on, undergo its main well, it, star formation sequence. The the 
it, I think that's already a galaxy, but it's it's all the material um, yeah. around it that is accumulated, and this is an interaction between the the one in the middle and also another one, um, which is is created this. But I, I've mainly just brought it up because it looks amazing. Yeah, it's astonishing. And um, this, of course, you wouldn't be able to see it quite like that with it, the naked eye. It is eye. quite remarkable photos of other galaxies because you kind of get used to the sort of Milky Way spiral arm, don't you? The, the mm-hmm. sort of format of a galaxy. Well, that's but a actually, lot more zoomed out than, than yeah. this is. Well, but 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 galaxies actually, they, they, there's enormous variety in them and the way that the way that they look. But um, yes, that is one of my favourite pictures, I think. And, uh, I wonder if at the middle, if that's a galaxy, that's not just a star in the middle there, yeah. if that's a galaxy, then at the centre of it would uh, presumably, I don't know, this is just what I'm guessing, be a supermassive black hole. So why would it shine like that? Maybe it's the accretion disk. It is a, it is a galaxy. I've just double checked. Right. I thought it was. Um, yeah, it's the known as the Whirlpool Galaxy, sort of colloquially. Well, so I mean, in the it, middle there, that's not a star. I mean, well, no. it, it, could, it could be both. It could be a supermassive black hole with a, a tight cluster of stars orbiting Possibly, it. Possibly, yeah, it could be that. So, yeah. Right, yeah. I think that sometimes an accretion disk also shines very, very brightly. Or, right, mm. it could just be, it could be loads and loads of stars very, very The, the highest to concentration it, of matter will be at the yeah, centre, maybe, including, yeah. including a number of the, the larger stars, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, we have another um, cluster as well here. This one... Um, it's just very pretty, I thought, quite colourful. I think that's part, partially because of um, the fact it's a combination of X-ray, infrared and optical data all sort of combined together to create this and make certain features stick out. But so um, are, we looking, are we looking at a galaxy or are we looking at a cluster of galaxies? This is Star Cluster NGC 346 and right. also Spiral Galaxies NGC 1672 and um, Messier 74. So uh, a fair few there. So, wow! This contains um, also the pillars of creation and uh, the Eagle Nebula, which is quite a famous image. Mm. Um, it's the one of all the gas forming sort of shapes. The, there was a quite a famous one that looks like a, a spaniel on its hind legs, which I, I quite like. It's kind of anthropomorphizing the galaxy, but um, this is using both James Webb. Um, Chandra, Hubble, Spitzer, XMM, Newton, and ESO telescope data. So this is really building upon all of the different projects we've used before. And I think it's kind of a good epitomization of how these sorts of things work, how Mm. we slowly accumulate new knowledge. And I think that in this sort of domain, that is one of the best demonstrations of it because each time we are building on the understanding and quite often combining the data from previous mm. um, space telescopes to create these sorts of images, which I think not only are very scientifically interesting, are just interesting to look at in general. I, I really well, like I, I also get the, the enormous sort of sense of scale from this. You know, just, just what a tiny, tiny section of the universe we live in mm. compared to the sheer mass of what's out there. And and this and this will be a, a local compared to some of the stuff out there. Yeah, I, one of my favourite things about looking at space is the fact it gives you great perspective. It allows you to be very humble in your mm. position in the world because when you realise that you're only a very small person on a very big planet in a, a sort of unfathomably big universe then mm. it, it 
keeps one grounded in reality. Well, how incredibly unlikely was your birth? Yeah, I, I do think about that as well. <laughs> immense gratitude for how lucky you are to be where you are. One thing that crosses my mind when I look at pictures like that is, uh, and it might sound sort of crazily obvious when you say it out loud, but nonetheless, I think you have to remind yourself of it, is that that's actually really there, physically there now. Um, yeah. Because you, you can look at a picture like that and it's sort of, it's kind of an abstract thing. You know, it's mm. like almost like a work of art that just exists there as this sort of still image that's removed from you and your world yeah. and the real reality of existence and everything. But no, it's actually there. <clears throat> well, obviously not taking into account the time difference because it, it the look, light has come. Nevertheless, today, yeah. nevertheless, the point is it's like physically, it is really physically there. I, I don't know. Do you know what I'm getting at? Yeah. It feels, you know, it's something that's so far removed from our everyday experience that it sometimes seems difficult to believe that it's there at yeah. all, even though we know and And it it's is. wondrous at this scale, but you could zoom in on, I'm sure, many, many, many different points of that and find absolutely fascinating. I mean, you started with Jupiter. I mean, the amount of Jupiters that are going to be within that image, mm -hmm. let alone, you know, large rocky planets and whatever else. That's some good foreshadowing there Ooh, about right. zooming into images because um, we, we covered this in the first part as well about little things that you can see in the, the images yeah. um, with the, the kind of instruments, with the sensitivity that the James Webb has, which is unprecedented, I think it's fair to say, isn't it? Um, mm -hmm. you're, you're the expert on the... Well, um, certainly <laughs> in comparison to, to me... Um, on, on the James Webb um, instrument side of things and how yeah. it all works. Because our daily lives are filled with the most mundane things, right? Mm. Chairs and bus stops and pizza and... People complaining <laughs> about their job and... Yeah, yeah. contact lenses and yeah. all sorts of just mundane, yep. trivial nonsense. And yet that, the majesty of that on a scale you cannot really comprehend no. is really there the whole time playing out as well yes um yeah it's difficult to truly grasp isn't it even when you're looking right right at it mm -hmm. well hopefully this will help because this is another image of the the same thing actually but just with um a different uh, sort of composite if you will so that i'm not sure if you can can see it but it's, it's help us a bit we, is it a, a subsection of it is it well it's it's obviously a slightly different focus, but it's the the same subjects, the same galaxies in focus here. I think this one is probably even more compelling than the previous one, and that was pretty good. But um, one thing that I did notice from this image is if you look in the sort of centre at the top there, just the sheer density of the number of stars there, there's more light there than there is dark, in a, in a sense. Um, not not meant to be making a metaphor, but um, mm. it, it kind of uh, it gives you an impression of how busy the universe is. You know, everyone talks about the vastness of space because that is the thing that gets uh, amped up in the sort of cosmic horror um, films that we see. But there is a lot of things going on there. I know that's not a particularly profound observation, but I think it's a, a nice thing to bear in mind because. I think it, the emptiness of space gets overstated when I think it's because from a human perspective, it does seem empty. Well, the, the, the ability to move from one bit of it to another is a, is a challenge. Speed of light is, yes. is remarkably slow given the scale of the universe. 
there's an old idea when people first sort of played with the idea that perhaps the cosmos is truly, truly infinite. If that's so, why isn't the night sky, the celestial dome, completely filled with starlight? Why are there any yes. dark spots at all? Because if it's infinite, then every every single well, if 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 it's if it both in infinite starlight. and infinitely old, as as they were sort of thinking when they were framing that contention, then yes, eventually the the light sky would just fill up to be just just bright light. I think eventually, because light eventually gets stretched out to the point where it's beyond the visible. Hmm. Um, but nonetheless, considering the space the spaces between stars. Um, still how full it seems at least in an image like that because because the instruments on the james webb are you know so much more sensitive than our eye <laughs> but nonetheless yeah it is remarkable isn't it when hubble or not just hubble all sorts of extremely powerful telescopes and space telescopes every time they take a long exposure humanity seems to be surprised at how full the heavens sort of effectively are same thing happened with james webb you know, do a super long exposure or super deep field type image. And it's like, oh, oh yeah, it is actually fantastically filled with stars. Um, yes. Yeah, I never, I never cease to be amazed. So on the topic of stars, here is a, uh, an image of a star. This is the supersonic outflow of a young star. So this is a newborn star, which is um, spewing supersonic jets of gas from its poles. Um, and this is only tens of thousands of years old, at least, you know, at the time it was um, documented, I suppose. Um, but when it matures, it's going to be much the same as our own sun. So our own oh, sun really? would have gone through a similar process to this um, at some point. But it's... Um, I wonder why we can't really see the star in the middle there. It looks black. But it might be a deliberate choice to illustrate the actual outflow of, of the stars yeah, from... Maybe, yeah. Because you would be able to see it, wouldn't you? It'd be the brightest point. It looks yeah. like it's kind of been blotted out a little bit, unless... Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's, I imagine maybe it's deliberate because of glare or something mm -hmm. like that. I don't know. But anyway, they can make composite images, or they often do. But anyway, nonetheless, yeah, those jets are fascinating, aren't they? And the final one of the sort of quickfire um, images that I'm going to go over is this one, which is quite blurry, um, but it's very zoomed in. And what we're seeing here is one of the most famous supernovas, which is SN1987A. Um, and what this is, um, of course, supernova is the, an explosion of a star, is it not? And yeah. um, what you can see here, you see those um, outside of the middle part, there are these little sort of wispy parts around the edges there, those sort of ready, almost uh, string-like it, this looks to me like the 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 monsters from the film Tremors. The things <laughs> well, the that burst out. Yes. It's um, yeah, it's one of those. No, <laughs> not really. Um, these are um, thought to be structures of the outer layers of gas shot out from the supernova explosion. And the James Webb um, is one of the first to document this. Well, it is the first. This is it discovering it. So this is something new uh, that we didn't really know about, particularly in this case because th this has been photographed before because um, mm. it's a relatively famous supernova. They're not you know, readily available necessarily to, to photograph. But um, yes, that was a discovery. But I think let's talk about some more 
discoveries that are pertinent to perhaps the human future in the cosmos, and that is um, that of Europa. Europa. So um, I think this is an image of Europa from the Juno. um, I forgot what it's called. Probe? Probe, that's the one. don't know how the word escaped me there it's not not a difficult one to remember um last year so this isn't actually the james webb but it's just nice to have the image here because a lot of the james webb stuff is not necessarily very visual it's just them putting it a different um using the equipment on there to analyze things like the atmosphere and things like that but it's one of the largest of jupiter's moons which um, i think jupiter has around 90 and um, it's the number the, just keeps going up. Yeah, it? they keep finding more. <laughs> just to be clear for everyone, the Juno probe was sent to the Jovian system and is orbiting around uh, Jupiter. So it's actually got really close to Europa. Mm-hmm. That's why it's got such a brilliant image there. I think I think there was deliberate. They they deliberately flip, because Europa gives up these vents mm. of of sort of gas and, and water, and they basically wanted to fly the probe through it to see if they could detect any organic particles. Because there's a good argument that there could be life on on Europa. I'll be getting to that. Right. Um, so it's the sixth closest moon to the planet, and it's got a very thin atmosphere composed primarily of oxygen, mm. and the the the. I suppose the moon itself, I, I keep on going to say it's a planet, um, is primarily made of silicate rock and has a water ice crust and we don't know, but likely an iron nickel core, which um, is quite important. So many scientists have suggested that there is a reasonable amount of evidence that indicates that there is water underneath Europa's icy surface. Mm. Um, and if that is the case, then there's going to be twice as much water as there are, is on the Earth's surface. So that's quite yes. a lot of potential there. So, yeah, so, so there's, a, there's a good argument for life on this. Because like you say, you've got this, this solid core, mm-hmm. then it's got p- possibly, it seems most likely, a shell of, of water around that, a liquid ocean. Um, and then you've got that sort of outer crust. And all of those elements are important. The outer crust is important because being as close to Jupiter as it is, Jupiter is highly, throws off a lot of radiation. So you need that some sort of protection. You need either a thick atmosphere or you need, you know, that, that sort of outer shell, which it has. Um, and then you've got that solid core. And because it's orbiting Jupiter, and Jupiter has such massive gravitational mass, it's as it goes around, it's sort of squeezing. So you know on Earth, the moon will pull on the tides, the, the sea, enough to give us tides in and out. Jupiter has the effect of pulling on the central core of this thing enough that it can sort of pulse slightly either way. It can get stretched and expanded. And that generates enough heat for for, for, for possibly geysers, um, like, like the deep sea vents. So that could be enough to keep the, the water liquid, but also provide a source of heat that life in that ocean could possibly evolve from. So you could be looking at anything from um, microbes clustered around deep sea vents like you get on Earth to possibly an entire ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And um, I believe NASA is sending um, the Europa Clipper spacecraft next year um, to investigate whether it is capable of you know, having life on it, supporting life. And I think it's scheduled to enter the orbit of Europa in 2030, something like that. So that is the... Uh, the date to mark on your calendars. Will that clipper be <clears throat> a lander? I don't know if it is. I don't think it I'm is. I'm not entirely sure. Yet. I, I That's what I'm waiting for, a, a lander on Europa. Because the ultimate goal is to send an AI-powered drone that has a sort of submarine and drill unit, and it can sort of yeah. go into the ocean and have a look. 
I, I don't think we're quite there yet. I also wrote an article about Europa, if I recall. Okay. Um, and what you said there, Dan, about the gravity of Jupiter sort of pushing and pulling and sort of needing Yes, needing, Europa, that's a good word. It's because Europa's, I believe, it's because Europa's orbit is sort of elliptical. It's not a perfect circle. Mm. So where it gets slightly closer and slightly further away from Jupiter, yeah, the the gravitational pull from it sort of, as I say, needs it. You know, on Earth there's hydrothermal vents, aren't there, right at the mm. bottom of the ocean where no sunlight ever reaches. And yet the heat from the core can make the water around those hydrothermal vents sort of superheated. Mm. I'm hoping that when there's a lander that lands on Europa and it, it sort of melts its way through the core and drops down into that ocean, I'm hoping it will be sort of maybe teeming with life. Mm. Um, yeah, maybe sort of crustacean type things, who knows? Maybe even, you know, giant marine life. Whales would be whales, very cool. Space yeah. whales would be very cool. Yeah. Yes. European whales. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But but basically any life is a really good sign because at the moment we have to yeah, do our microbes. Yeah. yeah, because we have to do our calculations on the probability of life existing in the universe based on a, a flawed set of assumptions. If any life at all has occurred twice in our own solar system, mm. then all of a sudden that's that's a really good sign that it's it's abundant throughout the life. Mm. The really, really exciting thing would be what you mentioned, which is if there was multicellular life mm. on here. And that is also potentially possible. Now, if that's the case, then you're looking at alien civilizations all over the joint. Well, you would yeah. think so, but we you know, we haven't really seen any evidence of that. Well, that's why we need to get our, our little robot drill and submarine mm. chap out there to have a look mm. I'm not sure we've been looking for long enough in, well, in high enough say that, resolution yeah. and detail have we um, because of course we're, we're still figuring out how to tell whether an atmosphere is hospitable to life let alone whether there is actually life well some people are still trying to work out if they're a boy or a girl so yes, yeah so. well well some people have said <clears throat> you know we don't know if this is the right way to calibrate our thinking but if there's been billions of years or even millions of years for a civilization or two they should have it with somewhere within the milky way they could have or should have left a footprint all over the place mm. for example we're, we're beaming out all sorts of radio and all sorts of things um, if there was someone on the other side of the galaxy they might be able to detect us but yeah then if you're looking in the right place at the right time um we're emitting so many signals that I imagine we're going to get a cosmic asbo, aren't we? Because there's so much noise being emitted. Mm. We're going to be fined by the, uh, the Galactic Federation or yeah. something. I think it's funny that some of the first things we beamed out into the cosmos are like um, 1930s era stuff. Yeah. Or like the, the Berlin Olympics. <laughs> or, or, yeah, footage of World War Two, Or like, it's I Love Lucy from the 50s and things. It's yeah, great, that's the, what's go, that's what the aliens will see messages first. about us. Yeah. Certainly, yeah. No wonder they haven't contacted us. They must think we're, yes. we're terrible. Like episodes of Bilko or something. <laughs> like that's what they. <clears throat> that's what they first get of us. Get Elon Musk's convertible car yeah. up there. Yeah. So, on to what the James Webb has actually found. So, the James Webb was used by two independent teams just to test the sort of conclusions of each team. Right. So uh, they've been observing the frozen surfaces of Europa and each analysis revealed the presence of abundant ca carbon dioxide um, within a specific terrain known as uh, Tara Reggio, which spans about 1,800 square kilometres. 
in particular. So the ice in this area, which contains the CO2, is relatively young and it is theorised to originate under the surface in what may well contain liquid water. So the lead author of the first study, uh, a, a fellow by the name of Geronimo Villanueva, um, said, on Earth, life likes chemical diversity. The more diversity, the better. When it comes to chemistry, this is true. Um, with carbon-based life, understanding the, the chemistry of Europa's oceans will help us determine whether it's hostile to life as we know it um, or that it might be a good place for life. So, <clears throat> as you mentioned, there's tidal heating on Europa's interior and so it is entirely possible um, because of the orbital dynamics and, you know, the, the, there's also the forces of the other moons around Jupiter because, of course, there are 90 so yes. lots of forces and acting upon it, and so it makes this more likely. There's another. There's another place in the solar system that might just have life, which is Titan, but that's more likely to have very basic life. I don't know if yeah. that's in your. No, I'm not focusing on that today. Well, you, you probably wouldn't get an image of it because it's got a very thick um, atmosphere. So on that one, the atmosphere serves as the radiation buffer, and this this time mm -hmm. from Saturn, but they they've got a very high methane content, and it's possible. I mean, there are several scientists who argue that the atmospheric data that they've collected strongly suggests that there is basic. Um, methane-based life there. But, I mean, what you're talking about is, is not going to be anything fancy. If it is there, it's going to be um, single-celled organisms, but quite large ones. I mean, they could be like a sheet of paper floating on the methane lakes there, yeah. single-celled organisms. And uh, just for a bit of context, methane gets released largely by organic organisms, doesn't it? Well, you know, we landed on Titan. Yeah, I don't know... What, to what extent they were able to survey stuff i know i know there are planned missions to do yeah. basically do skimming over the the big methane lakes and see what they can find it was the cassini huygens mission back in i don't know 2005 or something the cassini probe with a huygens lander and it, it landed on titan and you can go on youtube and see mm. the footage of it it's only like a few minutes long mm. uh, but it, it landed there's images from the surface of titan I think I must have mentioned this somewhere else before, but I think the Huygens mission is the most incredible, yep. one of the most incredible things. You know, it's up there in my mind with James Webb. Of course, James Webb will, will reveal many more secrets about the universe than Huygens yes. could dream to. However, that footage from the surface of Titan um, is in, is incredible to me. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. yeah, and that was the early two thousands. They did that, um, but yeah, who knows what's on. Who knows what's on time? Because yeah, it only sent back a few minutes worth, and it wasn't hmm. it wasn't designed to look for life. But with the with the with the progress of making this stuff and the advent of robotics and AI, it's not impossible you could have proper survey type drones who who, who take a proper look rather than the the bit that they're randomly dropped on. That's one of the things that I'm sort of disappointed about in the most profound sense about life is that I won't get to see the exploration of the solar system or the universe much at all. You know, I've got a few decades left. So, you know, a few probes and uh, maybe a few landers somewhere. But, you know, I won't get to see people land on Pluto or anything like that. It's like that. And in a few centuries, right. a few millennia, that will be commonplace probably. Or some sort of manned mission to the nearest star. I hadn't thought of it like that. Things. You're right, actually. I don't yeah. get to see it. I don't get to see any of that. It's like that phrase, it's a shame. born too late to explore the world, born too early to explore the universe, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, right. Kind of in that position. To watch the full video, please become a premium member at lotuseaters.com.